0: So, welcome. This is my mom, and that's who I chose uh, for my leadership interview. So, how are you doing this evening? I'm
1: doing great, and I'm really excited that I got chosen.
0: by Patrick? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dak Prescott didn't respond, so. So, we with the reliable, who's always going to be here. Yeah, who lives with me. Yeah. So, starting out here, what drives you when you wake up in the morning?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Um, I think I have a lot of different things that drive me, but I think my service to others is probably the overriding um, reason. I have a lot of service to others. I have a service to my family, I have a service to the kids in my classroom, and I truly know that me giving my best each day, hopefully, is going to have an impact on either the people in my house or the people in my classroom. And I think when you're called to a job that provides service to others, that's probably the thing that keeps you going. Because each day you wake up because you know that there are a lot of people depending on possibly, hopefully, give uh, them the best moments of your day.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's an that's, that's amazing thing that drives you when you wake up. And so what has been your biggest challenge that you have faced in your life, and just how did you overcome this challenge?
1: Wow. I would have to say it's probably the same challenge that um, every teacher <laughs> this year has faced. Uh, Professionally, I think last year on March 13th, our careers got completely upended, turned around, um, turned on a dime, and became something that uh, anyone who has been teaching for even a year, um, our careers became completely unknown to us. We were called to do and provide something that we had never, I would say probably the majority of us had ever trained for. Um, And, you know, you always talk about trying not to reinvent the wheel all the time because you try to you know work with what you have and we truly were called to reinvent the wheel last year and figure out how to really reach the kids that were in our classroom and ensure some continuity of learning for them, but also the, the mental space that school provides for kids, and trying to balance those two things last year um, and into this year was probably the biggest challenge I have ever encountered, uh, either professionally or personally, because it crossed over into personally because all of a sudden your classroom is in your home and you're trying to teach and you're also trying to work with everybody else in your house who's either going to school or who's working from home. And so there was a, a real blending of those boundaries. So it's definitely a, it was a huge, um, challenge professionally, but like I said, it really blurred into personally too because it became something that you were doing at home. So I have to say that teaching in a pandemic was truly probably the biggest challenge, but knowing that my students were relying on me um, was probably what drove me to Reinvent a lot of what I did and make sure that I was reaching them both educationally and emotionally, but I would also say that Obviously with you and your brother um, being in the house and managing that was a big challenge as well. So I would have to definitely say teaching and parenting through a
0: pandemic has been my biggest challenge. And so I saw um, just kind of like a follow-up on this is how you overcame this challenge and personally I saw it through um, you were every night videoing practically your entire day for your kids for the next day Um, and I mean that's that's that was I could see like pretty hard because you were up pretty late at night you know videoing your entire your entire lesson for the next day and so I think to me that kind of showed how you overcame that challenge I don't know if that was Um, if you would say that that's how you overcame it, or if you would say a different, um, way, but
1: I would say that, yes, that's a fact, um, because I knew I had, you know, 20 faces waiting for me the next morning online, ready to go for school. They were counting on me. They were counting on me for providing that normalcy in a world where there was nothing normal happening. Um. I would also say that, um, obviously, I'm a Catholic school teacher, so I would also have to say what also helped me overcome that, and I think what I really relied on in the past year, probably more so, uh, because as you and your brother and your father both all know, uh, we attend Mass every morning <laughs> in our kitchen at 8.30. And, that was a challenge in of itself, but relying on our faith and continuing to have that routine of attending Mass together every Sunday morning, even though it didn't look like what we used to do or it didn't feel like what we used to do. Um, I truly think that keeping with that type of routine and really relying on our Time where we came together as a family. You know, every Sunday I would say at Mass, you know, dear God, give me the strength to be the wife, the mother, the sister, and the patience to be the teacher that You've called me to be. And I think being able to continue every Sunday, you know, um, praying that special intention was something that was and is still the way I see myself overcoming the challenges. It's so relying on that faith part too.
0: Uh, That's, that's, that's really great. Um, And then just when you're working in a group, how, how would you say you like to divide the work or kind of, kind of give jobs? Do you take charge of the situation um does everyone like when you're working just kind of like assume a role or sometimes is it like really just you doing all the work and then you know if you, you need help on something you just kind of ask someone else to step in with that or like how um
1: well, Patrick I would ask you <laughs> in the 17 years you've known me I think that anyone who knows me for about five minutes realizes that I am definitely a combination of the first option and the third option. Yeah. Um, that is also because I have very high expectations also mm-hmm. myself and of others as you and your brother both know. Um, I, I want people to give their best because I feel when you give your best, then you're truly utilizing all the talents that you have. Um, I'm probably a, I'm not a difficult person to work with on projects, but I truly believe that if you're going to do something, you do it well.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think sometimes in a group situation, um, I, I, I probably, well, I do more often than not, tend to fall into the leadership role. Um, And I'm okay with that, because I feel confident in that. Uh, But what can happen at times is I can take on too much of the work work on my own. And I think learning how to delegate is a really important role for a leader to understand when and how to delegate work. Um, I think having this year in my classroom, having my aide, I have really learned how to delegate teaching responsibilities to her because in the end, I'm starting to allow her to grow as a teacher in her own right. And so I think when you're working in a group or on a project with others, allowing them to take Of responsibility and helping them learn how to take that responsibility and to do it well can be very satisfying because you watch a project not only unfold and be a really good project, but you also see that a project can be done well and you can watch people attain certain levels of, you know, um, understanding and ability to take on other things. So I would definitely say I fall into a leadership role and to a fault sometimes I probably take on too much work, but trying not to all the time.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that because I think I see that in me as well a lot of the times. Um, and this kind of segues perfectly into our next uh, to my next question, but leadership is not a position of power, rather it is a mindset. And I'm sure you would agree with that. Um, and I think the perfect example is with you, with your aid kind of stepping back a little bit, you know, letting them take control where you're not always in power. It's a mindset. You're letting them kind of grow into being their own leader. And I think that's also what leaders do. They help uh, to form future leaders and inspire others to be leaders. So I have what? What do you think is just the hardest part of leadership or being a leader? Um,
1: I think sometimes with being a leader, you you're always dueling with yourself because you're always going to be asked to make decisions that could be different between guiding with your heart and guiding with your mind. Because a lot of times there are going to be two answers to every situation. And I think as a leader, understanding which one is the right decision at the right time, Mm -hmm. is probably the most challenging thing. And um, I think also utilizing empathy when you're making decisions as a leader. I think being a leader is not black and white decision-making. It's understanding the climate, it's understanding the situation, it's understanding the background. But at the same time, that can become very overwhelming. And at the end of the day, you still have to make a decision. So I think being a leader is very hard because we all have hearts and minds. And I think a lot of times they probably um, duel with one another. So I think... The overriding principle, I would say, to answering that biggest challenge of being a leader and, you know, that conflict between heart and mind is what is for the general well-being. And I think if you use that as your guiding principle, sometimes it might be a decision you make with your heart, and sometimes it might be the decision you make with your mind, but understanding the greater good or the general well-being um, that will be impacted by your decision is probably the guiding principle I use when I'm making decisions.
0: And then what would you, what do you believe is sort of like just the easiest part of leadership if there is any that you think is easy?
1: I think if you think leadership is easy, then you're not a natural leader. <laughs> I don't think any of your greatest leaders in life would ever say that there's an easy part of being a leader. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to say you're a leader, but that also when you said about um, it's a mindset, I think the greatest compliment any person can receive is when they naturally just get selected as a leader, as opposed to raising their hand or volunteering to lead something. I think any time when you just kind of naturally progress into being a leader within your group. And I would say, Patrick, to you, I've watched it happen with you. And I think that that is a great compliment and a testament to you. Um, mom plug here, but it is, because I think it's very easy to say you're a leader um, But like I said, I think if you ask any of the truly great leaders in life, they would tell you that leadership is probably the most difficult job. So I would say to you, I I don't think there's anything easy about leadership. I think there's a lot of gratification coming from leadership. I think that when you lead well and you see people succeed and find happiness or attain the goals that they're looking for. I think there's more likelihood to have ratification
0: from leadership, but I don't think there's anything easy about leadership. I like I like that answer, and I think it um, for one of the videos that we watched in class, there was a submarine captain, and he was kind of saying, um, when you were saying like, there's nothing easy about it, like sure, when stuff goes right, it will, be easy to, you know, take all the credit, uh, even like if you're working as a team, but when things go right, it's like super easy to claim all the credit, but then when things go wrong, it's, it's hard to claim the credit, even though, or to be responsible for it. And I think that's, that's like a perfect example of what you were saying, how, um, it's not easy, um, a lot of the time. So well,
1: I, a true leader allows his people to take credit for the success. Also, a true leader takes the blame for the failures.
0: I like that. I like that. Um, So what has been the biggest project or um, just thing that you've had to lead um, in your life?
1: I would say, personally, um, raising two teenagers (laughs) and prepping you to go out into the world and be, you know, um, adults who, you know, give forth to society in a positive way and, you know, becoming the thumbprints of, you know, father, and me, and, you know, your grandparents, and things like that into the future, I think that that's, you know, I don't know if everybody would call that a project, but it's kind of a project that started on May seventeenth, two 2007, 2003 with you, and April 27, 2006 with your brother. Um, it sounds kind of concrete to say it's a project, but it is, because it's something that I developing for long-term use and watching you go out into the future so you know I've never been a parent before I've never had a 17 year old before until now I've never had you know 15 year old so learning along the way with you guys it has been a huge project and you know there have been epic failures <laughs> um but there have also been tremendous successes so I think Personally, that's probably the biggest project is, you know, raising a family. Uh, professionally, um, I would have to say probably, I, I and you know as well, um, I was a chairperson for our Middle States accreditation, and which is a pretty significant accreditation for a school to have. Um, it was a lot of moving. Responsible for and having a team come in and essentially uh, accredit us for you know um, other for, for parents to understand that we had met certain levels of you know uh, expectations and things like that and really looking at every part of the school academics um, environment faith. A lot of different areas so I would say and um, managing a team you know of teachers and administration um, probably 30 to 40 people in oil and making sure that they were meeting their deadlines and gathering the information that they needed and compiling it all and doing a lot of number crunching and and a lot of writing to put a whole report together, and then when the team came, essentially leading them through our school for three days and you know interviews and things like that. So I would say professionally, it would probably be running our, chairing our middle states reaccreditation and our middle states accreditation and reaccreditation.
0: And so, I guess, what was probably the most difficult part of um, you can answer this for either you know family or middle states. I, I would assume you would probably answer for family. Um, but what was the most difficult part of what is the most difficult part of this experience? It just
1: never knowing if you're doing the right thing. Absolutely, second guessing is all the time. When you do make mistakes, giving yourself a break and saying, you know, you didn't do it on purpose, but I think um, never knowing if you're making the right decision and hoping that you're making the right decision. And I think that probably is across any part of being a leader is you're hoping because there's no concrete right answer and so you're hoping that the answer or the decision you're making is truly the best decision and
0: going with that and so I guess this is kind of like a fun but um fun question here but what's what's the most rewarding part of it uh,
1: professionally you know, I, I like seeing the school but personally um, watching you and corbic and you know as you get ready to go to college in another year um, obviously there's no joke in our house that i'm the one that's most distraught about that but it's so it's such a conflict within because i'm so excited to see you take those next steps Watch you go to that next chapter of your life, which is going to be so exciting. And understanding that my part in your life is going to change some. But it's that constant conflict of how exciting that is and coming to terms with that. And for your brother, watching him embrace Malvern in a completely different way. Then you've embraced it. Like hey, he's having a completely different experience there. So watching the groundwork that your father and I put in all these years and watching you both start to expand out into your own worlds. And I think that's probably the most exciting
0: thing to watch. So Rascal Flats, um one a country singer um in one of his songs how they remember you sings this line it ain't a question of if they will it's how they remember you no matter who you are someone will always have a memory of who you were and how you acted in different situations so i'm asking you how do you want people to know you or remember you
1: hope that people would remember me as someone who made decisions based on what I truly hoped would be the best result for them and that it would give them the best opportunity or make them feel the most secure, the most loved, Um, and that I truly made any decision in the best interest of whoever it was that I was making a decision
0: about. I like that. And then for our last um, question, Father Flynn, who I think is another person who's just a great leader, Um, he loves asking this question and he's asked me multiple times. Um, and so it, the question is, say you are walking on the boardwalk down in like ocean city or, you know, any boardwalk on the beach. Um, and you know, you're walking and you get to the end and you see the railing. Are you a person who just sees it and turns around, thinks nothing of it, or do you walk up to it and touch the railing and then turn around? And I think, um, I think he, like, just by asking this question, you can figure out, um, kind of who a person is. Like, when they're working on projects, you know, do they stop when they see the end is near and they're like, "Oh, it's the end," I can, you know, stop, turn around, um, or are you like a closer? Do you come in, just finish it, shut the door, make sure it's done, um, so that way when it is done, you, you know for a fact it's done. Um, so I'm asking. You, do you, when you're walking on the boardwalk, do you look at the railing and turn around, or do you walk up, touch it, and turn around? Oh, Patrick, I am a rail tapper
1: to the nth degree. I, I, and maybe that's why your father and I are so compatible. I don't know. But we're both, if we're walking, we're we're both hands out touching the rail. I have to have closure, I have to finish things out, I have to see them through to the end. Tie them up with a bow, put them in the box, and put it away. I I am not one who enjoys um, leaving things unfinished,
0: so absolutely, I am a real tapper. Yeah, I I I could figure that. So I just thank you for sitting down with me for it's about thirty minutes, which you know, when Mister Algio introduced this project, um, he said, you know, you're probably going to sit down with the person, um, for for 30 minutes or whatnot, but, um, it's just, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of different sitting down, um, with someone I spend majority of my day with, but not really just getting to sit down, talk with them like this, um, I've really enjoyed it, and I've hoped you've enjoyed it as well. But um. I thought, I thought it was a cool call, and I will actually also tag this back. Prescott did get back to you, but I don't know if you were available. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much. Thank you.